almost every transaction has an issue, but that's what gives you the opportunity because if it didn't have issues, everyone would do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's kind of one of those things where it's like, if you're a problem solver, that you have great opportunity. I do fail to mention because I don't want to be like, oh, it's always sunshine and you know, whatever that saying is that I'm going to mess up. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit Podcast, Heather. It's so great to be here once again. I know. Can you believe it's a, it's been another week? I can believe it's another week. Yeah. Seems like a lot happened in this past week. Really? That's prolific. Yeah. I was going to say that like not much really happened, but oh, does it? Okay. I mean, we got a lot of stuff done. Uh, everyone that's following along on on the other side of things, like the um, your mentor, uh, future mentorship program mm, yes. and your... Um, business system. That's what I was, I was yes. stalling, trying to think of the right word. Cause I didn't want to get called out on that. Yeah, so yeah. I had to like, words matter, Heather. Thank you for quoting me and whoever really said that, uh, you know, we'll attribute to you so we can make a, you know, some sort of post Heather, on Facebook. Heather Reese words, words matter. matter. Yeah. I, yeah. I could see it now. Right. Except for that. I definitely took that from somebody oh, else because okay. it popped in my head last week. But anyways, so yeah, a lot of progress is happening on that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think we are going to do a, uh, a fan favorite, episode today because everyone seems to really like these episodes where we talk about what are we talking about yeah well today we are going to highlight one of the properties that we have flipped in the past and this one is notable because we made a 320 percent return on investment in 44 days do you know the exact amount? Because I like when you do the income reports. Yes. Um, you know, it's kind of like not scripted, but in the sense that your talking points are on there. And sometimes I'll help you with it. And I'll be like, we made $49,683 owning it for blah, blah, blah. It's like these. Th- I'm like, how yeah. in the world? I can't. I can't. So yeah, I I've say, got like, it all written out. So I don't, you know, so I don't forget. And I can actually read it instead of like trying to memorize those lines. Right. But when Very I difficult. help you do that, I'm like, okay, so <laughs> I'll be like, you made over 49,000 in over two weeks. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, we're going, we're doing we're it the dumb easy, it down a little bit. Right. Like I'm not doing the an 18 cents, mm-hmm. but. Um, so, yeah. So this property is really unique mm-hmm. in the fact that it was a very easy deal. It was great. I wish they all go this way. So we're going to highlight this today Mm -hmm. and go into all the details. And in the future episodes, we'll also talk about ones that didn't go so well. Right. So there's both sides of the coin. This is a great Mm -hmm. one that we're talking about today, but there will be others. that are. And I touched on um, income reports. So where can everyone find those? Oh, the income reports. Yeah. If you're not looking at those and you're interested in land flipping or trying to decide whether land flipping is Mm -hmm. something that you want to devote some energy into figuring out and kind of make work for yourself, Definitely go check out those income reports, which are at turningprofit.com. And Turning Profit, obviously, the name is our, of our podcast here. But on that website, every month I do an income report. And in that income report, I break down all the numbers of our business. That is the income we took in that month, the gross profit we took in that month, every single deal we did, like what we bought it for, what we sold it for, return on investment for that deal, and notes about each each and every one of them. So you can kind of see what's possible, what kind of numbers we're talking about, what kind of returns we're talking about, the really good ones, the ones that are not so good. And uh, yeah, so you just get a really good idea for the business itself. So, And we've touched on this before, why we do that, because it's kind of a weird feeling being like, here's, you know, like sharing with the world. Here's how much profit. money I made. Yes. Right. Um, and we did it because that's how I convinced you to get into a different business we had because I found an income report. I've mm-hmm. been saying, we need to do this, we need to do this. And 
you were like, uh huh, yeah, whatever. And I was like, here is an income report. And you <laughs> saw it in, you know, we know that like income reports don't include like all expenses and stuff. That doesn't right. include like our, well, our, you know, we have business overhead business expenses, all of something. our staff, right. insurance, we've got costs for mailing. There's but lots of are, other stuff. But. but those are negligible. And the reason don't include those is because your, our expenses are going to be totally different than your expenses. It's just more about, okay, if you look at it on the, on the deal profit side, you say, okay, this is something that you could duplicate. And then you can figure out how much you want to you know, build up on the other side because, mm-hmm. you know, you could run a, a lean business where it's just you and one person, or it could be a, a team of, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people. Like, you know what I mean? So, but the, the thing that matters the most is what's the opportunity for the actual income um, for that one property. So that's why we put it out there because I know that some minds work differently. I really like numbers. Numbers don't lie. I mean, yeah. and we're big on these are the actual unless people, numbers. Unless there are people that lie about their numbers, but right. and, that's and not I'm what sure, I do. <laughs> no, and I'm sure that that does happen. But I right. think if you don't think about that, you're not doing it. You don't think other people do. But anyway, so, and also a lot of this is verifiable too. Like, yeah, well, and I've got a big team at this point. And if they would see me online, like. Call you uh, out Yeah, on. they would be like, hey, uh, this guy's. <laughs> Full of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah but anyways, so They know I, the real numbers. <laughs> right. And so, but anyways, I, I, this was like really helpful. I mean, really convincing you. And then we thought, you know, we could bring that to this realm because no one was doing, you know, talking about it like this um, when we started doing the land stuff. And we were like, what should we put out there? And I was like, we, you know, we have to do that because it'll help other people see if if it's something exciting for them. Maybe someone would look at this and be like, nope, not doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's good. It had value in making sure that you don't do it. But uh, most of the people that are kind of this mindset will look at this and say, holy cow, I could totally do that. Or I could do even better than him. Right. Or because if you gleam all the information that you're sharing, I would hope that it inspires you to say, oh, something that we can't see, I can make that change and I could tweak that and stuff. Right. So we have the income reports. You have a monthly recaps. I just want to touch on this like very, very quickly, but monthly recaps of all how you did last month, sales, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Right. Where is all that? That's all at turningprofit.com. And then also there's a video with that as well. And that gets released on YouTube each month. I'm the one behind the scenes you can't see going, 10 weeks, two oh, Those weeks. are for the social clips. Oh, okay. Either. Oh, this, oh, sorry. sorry. You're not involved in the video. No, you can right. be. No, no. I invite I you to be. join me next time. No, thank you. I feel, that was a very interesting look I just did. I was like, oh. And then we also have uh, Land Conquest. Well, Land Conquest is where, you know, if you're interested in land flipping, that's the place to be. Mm-hmm. Now, Land Conquest is our community for land flippers. And what's cool about the community is it's not on Facebook. It's not a Facebook group, you know, like all these other communities. It's much more rich, I guess you could say, in that it's got a lot more features. It's a lot more organized. Like, it's, it's very like, easy it's to rich, access. Like uh, it's on a separate platform. It's called a school platform, it's called. But anyhow, it's uh, you just go to landconquest.com. You'll get access. Just press one of those orange buttons on there. You get access to the community. Uh, we're up to 1,500 some members right now. And what's cool about that community, though, is that it allows me to host my full training program inside that community. Right. So you don't have to sign up for five different things. Remember where it is. Yeah, it's all there. It's like an old school message board, except for that. Right. Except for like in in the type of knowledge you can gain, except for it's, you know, it's. Not futuristic. It's like modern. Mod. Thank you. Can't remember that word. It's modern. It's easy to navigate. Again, you're not dependent on some sort of platform that's going to change the algorithm. You go there to get information, and the information's there. Right. And they can access land conquest too. Yeah. uh, Training. The training program. Training program is in there, and like we've mentioned a thousand times, it's a hundred percent free. So at no cost. At no cost. I'm not charging any money for this full training program. You may find training programs or courses offered elsewhere on the internet by other people. And they may be thousands of dollars, but 
we're not charging anything for this program. And people may say, well, why are you doing this for free? What's the cliche? Like nothing in this world for free, is for free. Yes, you would have to spend your time. That's that's what your investment would be. But the reason we're doing it for free is because- At no cost. At no cost is because I would love to for you to utilize one of our other services or offerings that we will offer, that we offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them being our partner program. This is called partnerwithpete.com. And if you go there, you'll get all the details about it. Basically, one of the big roadblocks for a lot of new investors or a lot of investors in this business is the money side of things. Funding your deals. You're funding your deals. So there's no established hard money lenders in the land business. So mm-hmm. you either have to have the cash or you have to know a rich uncle or something that, that puts this money forward. But in this case, you don't need to know a rich uncle or have the cash yourself. We will actually partner on your deal. So you submit your deal to us. We look at it. If it's a deal, mm-hmm. then we will partner on it, meaning that we'll send all the money to close the actual deal, like all the money. You don't have to have anything out of pocket. We'll actually plug it into our team's processes. So our team will kind of take over and with the, run, take the baton and run with it from that point. We'll actually find an agent to resell it for us, go through all of our processes, resell the property. At the end of the day, when the property sells, there's this big pool of profit that's made. We split it 50-50. Right. This is more than just like a money funder. Yes. This is more than a money partner. We actually do all of the everything you'd have to do from that point on, which is unheard of, again, in the industry. It's just that... so. We just like to be upfront. Like, yes, of course, this training program has no cost, but it's like if we teach you to do this and you do it really well, which is why you created such an in-depth, amazing program, because we want you to do really well, because then we want you to, A, have the money to pay for the mentorship program to join yes. us or to use our business system or to let us you know, partner on the deals. Yep. So, so the mentorship program is another thing that's mm-hmm. co- going to be coming in the future. It's not available yet, but we're working on developing that program. That is going to be something that is uh, pretty expensive, I guess you could say. Uh, not. Uh, it's a lot of money, not expensive. It, it's a lot of money, but it's not expensive. You know, I heard a really good quote I'm that someone gonna said. I'm just going to correct every, like, I'm uh, just that wife. I wish I could remember it. It was something about, it was something about an attorney. You can either hire an expensive attorney or one that will, I, I don't know what it is, but. But the, it's its kind of how I kind of am look, like side side uh, thought here. When I look at some things and I might say, boy, that's, that's expensive. I stop myself and I say, is that expensive or is that just a lot of money? Mm-hmm. Because something that's expensive means that you're not getting a value for what right. you're paying. But something that's a lot of money is, it could right. be a lot of money. Like that's not a lie. It's a lot of money, but the value is there. You know, the goal is to you know, multiply whatever investment you make into the program because so you should be getting a lot more returns on the other but side. In, but, but in just life in general, mm-hmm. like sometimes you have to you have to spend a lot of money to get something that's of higher quality or, you know what I mean? Yep, that's so, right. Anyway, so I think we've touched on all that. I The reason why I bring this up every, every, uh, every episode is because inevitably we still get asked this. Mm-hmm. So, and I know there's people joining us at all, you know, this could be the first time they're getting to know us. Uh, so- the I would go back and watch or listen to the past episodes. That's the last thing. Okay, yeah. If you're listening to this and you prefer to watch videos, I'm a, a podcast uh, listener. Pete likes to watch like YouTube videos of podcasts and stuff. So we have a YouTube channel too, where if you're just hearing this, you can actually see us. I make yeah. funny faces at Pete and yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. So much entertainment. I wear a different outfit every time or a different T-shirt every time. Do you every single time? Do you keep track of that? No, I don't. Yeah, I know. Anyways, to be a guy. Um, so. Moving on. I um, do wash them in between. That is what you wash them. I thought I did uh, well, the laundry. Yes. 
Heather, you wash them, but thank you. I <laughs> you're, appreciate. You're it. welcome. I know you don't. You don't appreciate that. It's like you'd rather do your own laundry. Maybe there's other guys out there the same, but I would not rather do my own laundry. Oh, no. you wouldn't? No, oh, I'm was... glad you do it now. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. thank you. I yeah. like doing laundry. Don't tell the kids. Anyway, so let's get to the main event. Yeah, okay. All right. The main event. Yes, the main event. The main event today, we are talking about a property that we bought and flipped. And this was in 2022. Okay. So this is... I have no idea what property this is. This is is about a year ago now. Yeah, you have no idea. Forget it. I prepare. I do all the podcast prep and Heather, the talent just shows up for the the filming and the recording. I just tell people I just moderate your life and and your... And your podcast. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So the cool thing about this property Mm -hmm. and the reason I singled it out, and we've done hundreds of deals at this point, and I I really like this one and I wanted to single it out because it shows that we were able to spend, I guess, in comparatively a low amount of money and get a huge return on it. Okay. Is uh, it duplicatable? Yes. Duplicatable? Is that a word? Yeah, it's duplicatable. I mean- No, wait, no. Is there a duplicate? Duplicatable? I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Okay. I'm not trying. I don't know. My poor pronunciations might be getting to you. Okay. Okay. So I'll just kind of go over the basics of Mm -hmm. the property itself, and then we're going to dig into the numbers. So the deal, first of all, we got this deal like we get any of the other deals. We sent out some direct mail, Mm -hmm. and this was a list. I sent out a list to smaller properties. I think I was sending out a a list in this particular area of like two to five acres. Was this just like a tester? Like you want no. to see, or were you intentionally saying I want to target smaller? Well, I don't know. I had sent out a list in this area to larger properties and I did pretty well. I was like, well, I didn't send out anything in this. I don't like really small properties generally. I don't. So I was thinking, okay, two acres to five acres. That's a good range. So I built a list you know, on our list provider and... Okay, well, now we have to talk about that because people are probably wondering, well, why? I know the answer. Why uh-huh. don't you like, like, the zero to two? Even the zero to five is kind of... what You don't... Under five is not your favorite, right? Or where, where's the Yeah, cutoff? I mean, as far as the, the outreach that we do for mm-hmm. a funding program, we'll do anything. Right. You know, it doesn't matter. But generally, the outreach that we do, I just generally like dealing with the larger properties. Why? So most of the time, five acres and larger. Um, just because they're easier. <laughs> Want to learn the secret to building a thriving land flipping business? Head on over to landconquest.com and join over 2,000 passionate land flippers leveraging the power of community to scale quickly. Sign up for free at landconquest.com. All right, let's get back to the show. I think also because there's more, the bigger the thing, the bigger the acreage, the less risk of not finding a place that perks. Yeah, yeah. So intuitively, maybe you. So here's the thing, you know, like if you go for a smaller property, it's generally only got one use. And that's in a lot of these areas. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a home site. Right. You know, or some sort of parking lot or farm stand and or it's something. probably harder to do value add too <laughs> yes it is because it's if it's a two acre lot you're i mean around here two acre lot you could you could maybe subdivide it to god knows how many yeah but we don't really work by around here southern california so do you think this naturally happened or like or did oh, you make a I, conscious I just kind decision? of i just kind of gravitated towards the larger properties just because i feel they're easier it's less due diligence. And I just think, I just feel it like it's safer on the downside. Like for some reason, if we find out that it's not buildable, uh, you can generally still sell it as a rec. Someone's going to want the property for recreational purposes or maybe to camp on or, you know, something like that. If it's right. a big enough property. It's, Whereas maybe two acres in a subdivision or, or, or less. It's just riskier. We gonna, made a lot of money in those type of properties, mm-hmm. but it's just a little riskier. You just got to really dot your I's and cross your T's and make sure you do all your research. Make sure that you're pretty confident that you can build on the property. Right. So. Because if you can't, it's not like someone's going to go hunting right. on a quarter acre lot in between all the houses. Right. 
potentially anyways. But anyways, you know what I mean? So yeah. That makes sense. Okay, so carry on. Okay. So this property itself, um, we sent out this, we prepared this mailer, we sent out this list, two to five acres, and we got this person that responded. And I believe they just signed the offer, if my memory serves me. Um, I believe they just signed the offer and mailed it back to us in the mail. So we have a mail service that we use. It's not like we physically, like, Heather doesn't physically go out to the mailbox every day and opens these letters. (laughs) You check the mail. That's your job. You've been the mail person. The mail genie? Right. I was going to say a bad word, but anyways, yeah, I guess I do the mail. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So what happens is we use a mail service. They basically, they scan it in and then they send us an email with our mail. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the way it works. So. (laughs) Which you guys, you should do because. Oh yeah. You got to do that in this business. That's like the most, and it's not that expensive at all. Right. First of all, you don't want, you don't want, first of all, you don't want to go to a PO box every day to check your mail. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want to have people, your home address on there. So people are sending your mail to your home. So. And also, you know, they scan every piece in, um, eventually they destroy it, but you could download all those. PDFs. So you'd always yeah, have a record do. of everything. We, we put it on our Google Drive. See, mm-hmm. what a great idea. Yeah. Glad you had that. Yeah. Well, and if we get it under contract, we're putting it in our business system. And right. All that but anyhow, so we got this one. It was signed. And, you know, sometimes I'm skeptical on the ones that come back signed because like there, there is offered. a portion of those that sometimes are just junk properties. If they're that eager to sign it, they could be that it's yeah, like underwater. Yes, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but sometimes they're really good ones that come through. And this is a really good one. The offer went out for, it was a 2.9 acre property. It was $7,500 is the offer that we sent out. And they signed it, sent it back. We looked it up. We were like, oh, this is a this is a pretty nice property. You know, this is, this is definitely a go. And... Basically, when I looked at the map of it, and hopefully we can show some pictures on here so you could see, uh, if you're watching the video version of this podcast, you could see it on YouTube. There, I just so, did the yes. presenting. You'll see that the property is right along a major highway, busier than a road, but not like uh, I-95 or something like but that. But that's like, like the weird thing, too, because like um, a busy highway here is like the 5 or the 405, which is Yeah, it's like 5 or 6 Gate. lanes in each direction. Right, yeah. but mm-hmm. then a busy highway in Pennsylvania or yeah. you know, in the middle of whatever is... Yeah, this is on the East Coast. It was two two lanes in each direction. Pretty busy, though. Okay, yeah. Pretty busy. It was right kind of like on a corner sort of by the highway, but it, there wasn't a, like an off-ramp or anything there. But So uh, where was what was access to this property? Was it from this highway? No, it was from another street. Okay, so you would get off the highway and then you come right. back up the other yeah. way. And Did it, it actually go back yeah, right up to the highway? Right up to the highway, yes. I wasn't going to say that you word. You weren't going to say the word but. We actually bought a property on uh, recently on a, another property called Butts Road. Yeah, I know. I have to enter those in, and it's like I, I'm like, I bet this makes Pete laugh, and it does. Look at that. I, every I, just, time. I, well, I just wonder if it's going to be harder to sell. Like, who's going to want to live on but Butt, not. Butt Road? But th- I think we've had a couple that are on Butt, right? I don't. This know. one I think is actually B U T T E, right? No. Or is this one B U T T? This is B U T T S. Like. Oh yeah, Butts. Like. <laughs> Butts Road. Multiple butts. Um, I, I knew it the whole time. I was like, oh, man, this is he probably is. My, it's probably up in someone's last name that's very prominent in that. Maybe area not. Maybe they're. I don't know. Like the it was a Seinfeld one. Ass man. Like yeah. The, ass man. Who was the podi- what was it, proctologist? He was a proctologist. Anyways, yeah. OK, come on. Let's get back to this. This is we've been derailed <laughs> by tangent. butts. Yeah. OK, so it's kind of like an end of a little cul-de-sac that butted up against a this major road. And across the street was a warehouse of some sort. Maybe it's like a concrete processing plant or some, some sort of industrial type thing. This property itself, when we looked it up on the county records, it's it was zoned like highway commercial, some sort of highway commercial zoning. And I looked it up right before this podcast and the 
you know, all these counties, they have a website where you can, you know, most of the counties, at least, they have a website where you can look it up. You can look up what the zoning is, and then they have a table where you look up that zoning and you can see exactly what the permitted uses are. So I looked up the permitted uses right before I got on the call here. Warehouses, billboards, self-storage facility, equipment rentals, and a, a number of other businesses that are kind of, you know, those types of businesses. So uh, the property itself was flat, just had a bunch of trees on it. Actually, pretty cool property. You know, three acres flat is actually a pretty, it's a pretty big property. And if you go walk on the property, that's over, uh, that's like about 150,000 square feet, which that's, is pretty good. That's adorable that you remember that. Was that from like the real estate broker's test? Yeah, yeah. And um, an acre is 43,560 <laughs> square feet. I remember. You didn't know that? Well, I do. Well, kind of. But my math was off. When I did, uh, yeah. when I did, because the agents went also. You had to mm. know that. Which, by the way, that is the dumbest thing to have on a real estate. Like, who cares? Like, yeah, no one's going to be doing the math yeah. in their head. But I remember walking into it thinking, "Oh my god, please remember how many are in." You know, <laughs> you can write it on your hand. Got yeah, cheating on the real estate exam. Just have a different number on each finger. By all appearances, everything about this property looked pretty cool. Were you still thinking there's got to be like he signed it over too quick? There's got to be something. I mean, I'm always just cautious. I'm always kind of like hopeful. You know, I'm an optimistic guy and you know that to a fault. So I'm optimistic, but I have other people on my team. And at this time, I didn't think, I don't think I had a lot of people kind of doing on my team doing this kind of thing. So I was kind of researching myself and just, I just look for things that could be a red flag, things that could, the more you do this, I'm missing. The so. more you're not even cognitive of it. I mean, yeah, you're going to have your checklist, but you're kind of just like, as you're going through it, your brain's looking at it and it's making the decision yes or no without even saying, ah, mm-hmm. that was. Yeah, yeah. So so what happened was this property, we sent out the photographer, photos came back, they looked great. Nothing about it gave me any sort of alarm. I was like, oh, let's do it. I mean, it sounds pretty good. I The only, the only thing that really caused me a little bit of pause is that this commercial zoning, right. I couldn't find any comps for it. They're just more, fewer and far between. And yes. commercial tends to stay on the market longer. Yeah. So you don't have like that current thing because, it, and also the escrows are so darn long. Yeah. You know, sometimes, Theoretically, you know, it doesn't sometimes mean you have, you know, the buyer that wants to do a ton of due diligence before mm-hmm. they actually close on it. So what I've learned about commercial properties over the years is that, yes, you'll see a lot of really high price listings on LoopNet. And if you talk to commercial brokers, they might reference a bunch of sort of higher price sales. Now, generally, unless this is a super premium location or property that you're buying, it's going to take a while to get that number. So you may be fine waiting years in order to get that top dollar. But mm-hmm. our business model is to sell things quickly. So we're always looking to move things fast. And I, I realized through a couple different properties that if you price things really aggressively, commercial properties really aggressively, they will sell really fast too. But you got to be way lower than what the commercial brokers and things are saying the property is right. actually worth. Well, because that's what their training is. Right. They understand that whole, okay, it's going to take a while. And they're looking at, okay, if this if this theoretically could take five years to actually close, like it'll be listed for a little while. It's just what their mindset right. is. Yeah. They're not used to this like quick sale mentality. They're right. like, yeah, but you're going to leave all this money on the table, which okay, I don't know. Well, I'll go into that. Yeah. And you know, so obviously on this property, to the right person, you know, mm-hmm. that maybe looking for a location for their business, maybe they're looking for a self-storage facility, maybe they're maybe it's just like the ideal thing. Mm-hmm. And you could find that ideal buyer that would pay a couple hundred thousand for right, it, maybe. Right. right along right along the main road and mm-hmm. everything like that. But I knew that we had to price it pretty aggressively. And I felt like, you know, first of all, buying it at seventy five hundred dollars. You couldn't it go was, wrong. Yeah, right. yeah. It would it would be tough to lose on that. So we did it. Uh we closed on the transaction. 
We ended up uh, with all the closing costs and everything, and maybe we can put some of these numbers on the screen too. We bought it for seventy five hundred with our acquisition costs, you know, like the attorney and title costs and everything, and ended up being eighty four sixty two. That was our total cost of the property. Now, when we purchased it, uh, we didn't do any improvements at all. Like we didn't do any clearing, we didn't do a surveying, nothing. Like we didn't do anything before we put it in the market. And I talked to a broker that we use. He wasn't a commercial broker or anything, but he sold some other properties for us. He's like, well, I don't 100% know what this is worth, but I feel like if we put it up there for 39.9, that it should attract some attention. And he probably knows that that, like, I appreciate that he said that too. mm -hmm, He didn't lie and be like, oh, you know. But also he probably was like, it seems like anything I put up around that price will sell, like anything. So that's what we did. So we listed it for $39.9. He actually had some buyers that uh, he thought might be interested in something like that. So he told one of his buyers about it that actually does billboards. He looks for oh, really? billboard uh, type properties. And next day he brought us an offer for 40 grand cash and close in, you know, uh, 40 days or something like that. So that had me pretty excited because I was like 40 grand cash, quick and easy. Um, we don't have to do anything with it. And who knows, maybe I gave up upside by not leaving it on the market for a week and seeing if there's other buyers that might get in a bidding war with it. But I'm always of the opinion that like, hey, you know, what is that saying about the the pigs and the hogs? Like, <laughs> I forget what the saying is. Anyhow, I don't get <laughs> greedy. Horrible. I don't get greedy. Oh, uh, oh, pigs yeah. get rich, hogs get fat. Get slaughtered. Get yeah. slaughtered. Yeah, yeah that, I think that's Sorry, the thing. Sorry, hogs get fat. Yeah, so that's that rude. Anyhow, but anyhow, so what happened was uh, we got under contract for forty thousand uh, dollars. We ended up selling it forty four days after we purchased it because you know there's some little time between when it gets listed and when it gets actually on the market and all this stuff and closing time. So forty four days of actual hold time, and then we actually netted. Our net proceeds was $35,626.51 off of an investment of $8,400, right? Mm-hmm, $8,462. So $8,462. We ended up getting net proceeds of $35,626.51. That's after paying commissions, closing costs, and everything like that. That's why there's a difference in that $40,000 and $35,000 and change. So our gross profit on this one was $27,000. Not a bad day at the office, right? Not too bad, considering we spent that $84,000 and then we got $27,000 back. So that meant our return on investment, so that's basically the return on those funds that we're using, was 321%. And the best part is it was only 44 days. Right. I mean, that's that's just nuts. I would duplicate that over and over again. You know, that does seem kind of like the magical, I don't want to say safe because- you know, that's relative, but like, it seems like that $7,500 purchase price selling it for the 39,000, like that seems like a, like a sweet spot, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. Like there's been a, a lot that have been, I mean, even some of the ones that you've bought for 7,500 that you then sell for just doubling your money. It yeah. seems like that's a really, it, it doesn't help us reach our goals because that's a lot of transactions and there's transaction costs. But, but I think a lot of people would find that like perfect. Like that's what our girls target. Yeah. In those, are, those are great. That's a great range, really. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. You can pick up good properties in that range. And then some of them are, are super valuable. They're not all super valuable. Sometimes right. we, you know, like you said, we just end up doubling our money and those are, those are tougher to, to really rack up the, the uh, profit on and everything like that. I but. don't, I mean, just because, again, we've built our overhead too mm-hmm, and we've yes. teamed everything. So that's, 
there's a transaction cost, but um, I think that if you're a someone who's going to have like a team of like three people or something, I love that that area, the mm-hmm. 7,500. This obviously, I would duplicate this deal every single time. I would love to do as many of these deals like right? this as we can. Right. Boost your land flipping earnings with our new Land Conquest business system. It's designed for efficiency and effectiveness. This cutting edge software tool is your key to success in the land flipping industry. Streamline and automate your operations to scale your business to new heights. With our system, you get a customizable website with six professional templates to choose from, up to five dedicated phone numbers, each with their own chosen area codes for creating a trustworthy local presence. And as a bonus, you'll get a $25 credit for SMS and email sends. You'll also get access to our tech team to build any automations or customizations that you want. And not to mention, we've got a great dedicated community to the Land Conquest business system to help us all thrive together. And with every step of the way, you get our 24-7 live chat support. But that's not all. You'll also gain access to our exclusive community to connect and grow with fellow land flippers. Seize the opportunity to transform your business. Visit software.landconquest.com to check out the Land Conquest business system and unlock the next stage of your land flipping success. So I just want to show you what's possible. I'm not going to say that every deal is like this by any means, but some of them can be like this and you're going to, you know, you do enough deals and everything like that. Some of them are going to be this good and some of them are going to be actually quite a bit better. I know. And, and we talk a lot about how, you know, I always, I like to bring up like the reality of everything because I'm negative and negative Nancy. You're not even going to be like, oh, you're not that bad. You were just like, I mean, you are negative sometimes. <laughs> Negative. I'm a realist. Thank you very much. Okay, realist. You know, so we say like, hey, there's almost every transaction has an issue, but that's what gives you the opportunity because if it didn't have issues, everyone would do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's kind of one of those things where it's like, if you're a problem solver, that you have great opportunity. But I, I do fail to mention because I don't want to be like, oh, oh, it's always sunshine and, you know, whatever that saying is that I'm going to mess up. They do happen. They like, do happen. Right. Well, and if you want to go for a, a second into like what was not perfect about this deal. Yeah. The thing that was not perfect about it was the fact that I didn't have the comps. Like I didn't have any actual right. proof that so it was worth was what I thought. This was a gamble. It was a gamble. Was yeah, a gamble. It was, it was a gamble. This was not a an investment necessarily. Uh-huh. Although you thought even even in the worst case scenario you'd be able to get your seventy five hundred. It was a very low risk gamble right. in my opinion. But I honestly I didn't have the actual proof, which is the comps mm-hmm. comparable sales to to back that up. So in this case, I, I guess it was a little bit of a gamble, and I I took the gamble, and obviously it paid off. But, you know, sometimes you sometimes you take gambles and, and they don't pay off. So for us, you know, if we make, you know, just like thousand dollars on a deal or whatever, that's like a, a big loss for me. Yeah, you get very upset. And then I have yeah. to remind the negative person in the relationship has to remind you that did you lose money? We made a thousand dollars. Where could we have my thing was I'd say, OK, where could we have put that money during that time? I made a thousand dollars. And you have yet to tell me where we a safe place, you know, that's backed by anything of reality uh-huh. that we could put that money and make that. Yep. In that amount of time. And if you look at it that way, because interest rates are higher now, so you actually can put your money into savings accounts or whatever. And, you know, it's FDIC insured, right? Mm-hmm. But you're still not going to make that much money. Even if you had like, I don't even know, five, 6% interest, whatever you're able to to work out. You're, there's no way you're going to do that. Well, and you consider five to 6% interest. I and guess that sounds whole, good historically. That's for an entire year. Right, exactly. You got to give up that money for the entire year to get that 6% back. Mm-hmm. And just doesn't it seem crazy, like compared to this, we're talking about a 321% return on investment in just 44 days. Exactly. So I don't know. One eighth of the year, something like that. Right. And that means that 
if we had followed that money, which I'm not sure, I bet you there's a way that I can, I, well, I can't really do it at that point, but if I was to mark that money and say, okay, you know, how did we keep it moving? Cause if it's only locked up for 44 days, it has an opportunity for the rest of the year. You know, how much was that was made by that money? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know, like when you really start doing the math and multiplying this out, I mean, it's cash flow, you know, money comes in, money comes out. So it's hard to really, mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to really define, you know, like what money was used for that. I mean, I guess you could have a separate counts and really try to try to parlay that, you know, kind of like what our kids have done. They they mm-hmm. have a pretty accurate example of that because they started with 8,000 and they haven't been spending any money. Right. You know, so, and they've made, turned that into 84,000 over six deals or something like that. So it's really interesting when you could start doing it that way. You got a certain pool, but we, we've got money coming in and out for staff and for expenses and everything like that. So it's really hard to kind of <laughs> to pinpoint on the yes. per per property yeah um, deal. And also, it would be we're able to get that actually down because we have higher volume. So the mm-hmm. more properties we buy or sell, the the more affordable that the you know outside services or help. I love that deal. To me, that's that feels good. I probably at the time was kind of a little nervous because you didn't have comps, mm-hmm. but I would have been really, I don't even think I told you about this one. No, I'm sure you didn't. Cause I would have been like, where are the comps? But I think at that, I would have also recognized that it was a $7,500 risk. Mm-hmm. And I know some people that'd be a lot of money. Some people would be like, that's not even we're talking about. Why are you mentioning $7,500? It's mm-hmm. nothing. Just where your comfort. I try to remember that no matter what I talk a lot about how the money that we do transactions with uh, is monopoly money to me. And it's not because it's like, oh, I have so much money. It's not. It's because I, I purposely make it monopoly money in my mind because it's um, knowing my personality. It makes me nervous to spend, you know, when we're actually doing larger deals. I get uncomfortable with that. But if I think of it as monopoly money, not not really monopoly money, you know, it's just. Yeah. And just sometimes too, you think like, oh, maybe the larger deals are going to make you a lot of money, but sometimes they don't. We just closed on one this, this month, actually. I think we ended up paying just off the top of my head. I think we are $130,000 of our own cash, something like that. Mm -hmm. We ended up selling it. It took about six months and I think we made $25,000, which is pretty good. You know, it's again, it's, it's where would good, you get that money? And good return months, right. on our money. Uh-huh. But we made a lot more on this property here and we only committed 80. We only spent $8,400. Right. Obviously, there was, uh, I thought, more upside on that other property, but it just didn't work out that way. And, and I knew in order to sell it and, and to move the property, we just had to keep reducing it. So anyhow. Yeah, it's kind of a, a weird Mm-hmm. Thing. So, so you can make a lot of money in these type of mm-hmm. properties, especially if you pick the right ones. And and even better, even better too, if you really look into having a partner fund your deals. Right. Because you could do big properties, you could do big deals where they're putting together, you know, they might be putting out a hundred thousand dollars and you just make profit. Like you're you don't have to commit any of your own money, but you still get the upside. I was talking to someone about that because they were like, Well, why wouldn't I because we have some people who have money that are still using us as deal funders. And like, why? I'm like, well, because it goes, again, beyond just the the money even. It's because if you're really good at finding deals, if you're really good about, you know, really targeting your mailing, you enjoy that part of it, right? But you don't like doing all the other part of it. Like the, I was going to call it a due justice. Due diligence. Due diligence or justice. due justice, sure. Due justice. But if you don't like doing all that stuff, it's not just the financial thing. It's it's almost like you're, pay- good, I don't have to fund that. I can put more money towards mailers. I can build up a team, yeah. acquisition team, whatever. Well, what do you enjoy doing? Maybe some people love doing that. Great. You know what I mean? But you, they need the money. It's like, there's a lot of reasons. Yeah. Well, to and utilize the other that. thing that's cool about it too, is from the investor 
side of things, right. you know, like you're bringing the deal, you have no downside. You have absolutely mm-hmm. no downside. Like once we agree to fund the deal and spend our money, it's and you know, say it's a, say it was a loss. Mm-hmm. It's possible. I mean, we haven't had any of those yet. Knock on wood. But say 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 we had a loss. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're coming after our deal partner to you know, like make up that loss or anything like you, you, there's no downside, only upside for you. And uh, I don't know. I, I think it's a pretty good scenario. Is that it for that? I know yeah, that's, keep that pretty on. much wraps up that okay. property. I guess our next section is getting into the questions from the community. So we try to do this every single week on the podcast, one of our favorite segments where we highlight various questions that we've sort of cherry picked from the community and sometimes I don't have time to type out answers, and sometimes it's easier just to get on here and we can actually go through some of these. And, and other times, they're, they're really interesting questions that I want to highlight to a bigger audience. So that's okay. why we're doing it. Okay, so um, let's start with Larry. He says, letter versus postcard. I have a list of 6,500 names, and I've been going back and forth between sending a postcard and a letter. I'm not going to send a blind offer. I want them to call. I have a VA that will handle the calls. I used to do mailings years ago when buying houses. I would start off with postcards and then go to letters and switch back between the two. I used to split test my results back in the day between copy, color, fonts, and stuff like that. I remember my postcards having a better return uh, on ROI. Uh, I guess because they are naked mail. (laughs) Naked mail. Ah, don't say naked mail. People would tend to keep the postcard on the fridge. I'm like turning into you. Yeah, right. Like now I think it's something funny. Yeah, stupid dad jokes. Thanks very much. It's been years since I've sent anything of this volume. Have you guys split tested between sending postcards and letters? Would you recommend one over the other? Thanks for your help on this. It's been years since I've mailed anything. Happy face. Okay. Thank you for the happy face. I would certainly suggest to not reinvent the wheel before you get started. I would suggest going with what I know works Mm -hmm. and then... Once you get some traction, you get some responses, you get things going, then you can start tweaking things. You can start split testing, things like that. But then I you'll have a baseline to know what right. works for I you. W- yeah. So I know what we have in our Land Conquest training program. We, I, I actually. You know uh, what's in that? Well, yes, because. Uh, you wrote it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I did everything for it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't. It's. I know that that letter works. Mm-hmm. That's what's brought us all of our deals. So I would start with that. And then you can start tweaking it and making it better, testing it against postcards, things like that. But it wouldn't like out of the gate before you even get started. I wouldn't start <laughs> right. Doing and don't all get hung up stuff. on this. Yeah, like, I mean, get the mail out there yeah, first. I don't know of any uh, land investors. I mean, I'm sure there's some, but I don't know any of them specifically that use postcards. I think that used to be um, like what you're saying, like keeping it on the fridge. All that that was like a 15 years ago, 10, mm-hmm. 15 years ago thing. I think now we're so conditioned to get postcards. We're like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really even look at them. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, let us know how it goes and just get the mail out. That's the most important thing. Yeah, that is the important get thing. Going. Okay. So Alex says agricultural land. I've been diving into GA state vacant land properties and been seeing a lot of agricultural land. Anything I should know before I send to GA and specifically agricultural land. I'm curious on how to value agricultural land as well. Any experiences shared would be greatly appreciated. I'm asking before I submit my list to the mailing service. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. He made me say agricultural like 10 times. Well, okay. It's tough. (laughs) Yes. Agricultural land is pretty much the, it's pretty much the default when you get to these larger properties, five to 10 acres plus. If you look at the zoning, most of them are going to be some 
some variation of agricultural land. So each area, each county has their different names for different zoning purposes. But once you get out of these larger areas, like this is probably the most common one that you're going to see. Now, it may not be any agriculture on that property. It may be a forest. It may be just a meadow. It could be all kinds of stuff, but it could be that it's just zone. The zoning, that, it's right? just So that's kind of like a catch-all for a lot of these places. It's kind of like anything out of the city or the towns are like, hey, you know, you can have, and their agricultural zoning, normally when you look into it, it says you can build a home there. You might even be able to build a second home, you know, depending on how many acres you've got or anything. You can do, generally have animals, you can do crops, you know, any of these types of things are fine. It's just, um, you know, the other kind of thing that you see sometimes on, on smaller properties, you know, the larger properties are mostly this agricultural zone. Smaller properties, you get into this residential zoning. R1 or whatever. They don't yeah. want you to have farm animals on it, uh, but you can build a house. And then you get into kind of larger tracks, which these areas have sort of identified as like, hey, in the future, this would be really cool if we had a subdivision here. Mm-hmm. So they might, you know, they might have some special zoning that says something like R20, where you get like more density. Yeah, exactly. Where you get homes where it's a 20,000 square foot lot or something. So that's what they call R20. There was a a point and um, I can't remember it now because it was in our real estate classes at 5,000 years ago, but where the whole country is already zoned and the zone could be unlimited zone, like, but every single thing is zoned because they were trying to make it uniform. So they said, okay, everything has to be zoned, but it seems like there's still, there's room for change, I guess, in a lot of this. Like, so I had to throw a zoning thing on it. So I put a general agricultural, right? Mm -hmm. And then you look deep in it. It's kind of like, okay, but it could do that. Like when I first looked at agriculture, I thought, oh, that means it has to be farmland. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, that's before I knew anything of the, oh, if it's agriculture, I guess we've got to have pigs or whatever. Yeah. Which by the way, I wouldn't mind having some pet pigs, but I don't think around here they wouldn't like (laughs) it. And that's because at some point they said, okay, right now you can't have, you know, you don't want your neighbor having a raising, I don't know, pigs are pretty clean. What's a dirt, like a messy, stinky animal. I guess pigs can be kind of stinky. Yeah. It makes sense. So don't be scared when it says agriculture. Yeah. Look that's the, pretty much around. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to be, when you're pricing these properties, you're just going to be comparing them against properties that are similar sized properties and very similar types. Like in the know, area. In the area. Yeah. That's so. a good thing to remember too. Community. Don't think just because what you know where you live, if you're talking about somewhere else, applies. Mm. Because community character, community standards, community whatever, that's going to give you more insight than your knowledge of, you know. Yeah, each area is different. They've all got their own rules. They've all got different names for stuff. Right. So, you know, the county websites a lot of times are pretty good. You can look up a lot of that stuff and see what the nuances are. We talked about it before because R1 here might be different than R1 there. Yeah. So just because you know an R1 or an R2 or an R3 or whatever, you're like, oh, cool. And it's like, no. Yeah, they've got these 100-page PDF documents on their sites where you can, like, scroll through and, like, read everything about all their all their local stuff. Man, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah, I try to avoid that type of stuff whenever I can. Because then you go to sleep, you fall asleep. Yes. It's like two in the afternoon and you're snoring yeah. like, what? Uh, just reviewing some stuff. Okay. Ready for another question? Sure. Bill says, prop stream. Hello, when using prop stream to get a list of properties, I noticed that out of all the properties pulled, there is a majority without an actual address for the property, but does have the mailing address for the current owner. Has anyone else experienced this? And what am I doing wrong? lol or lol yeah okay so you're doing a lot wrong here no actually no. <laughs> i'm just joking you're not doing anything wrong uh vacant land typically does not have an address because it's not assigned an address it's not assigned an address until you probably pull, pull building permit in a lot of these mm-hmm. areas so it, on these lists you're gonna sometimes see it'll be blank for the address sometimes it'll say 
just the the city and the and the state and the zip code. And sometimes it'll say something like, you know, Hill Street or something like that. But it's not going to actually have a number. So you, don't worry, you're not actually mailing to that prop, that address of that property. You're just mailing to the mailing address. And then from there, uh, you know, you use the parcel number and everything to look it up. So you, you don't need that. You don't need that address. Now, when you're going to, say, resell the property or something like that, or maybe you're hiring a photographer to go out to that property, you might be given the parcel number and everything. But they say, well, what's what do I put in my GPS to get there? So we, we get that kind of thing in a lot. So just look up a neighbor's parcel and, you know, uh, the na- closest neighboring house, you know, it could be 1575 Hill Street or something like that. So you look it up and you say, OK, this property is just to the north of that. And, and you you give that out. But it makes sense. But it also doesn't make sense because you talk about, oh, well, they assigned everything has some sort of um, usage assigned, all this kind of stuff. But why not the addresses? Mm-hmm. It's because if it was going to be if that lot's going to be. 15 houses, whatever is allowed on that or whatever. They, they don't do it until then because what, then what do you do? Yeah. It's 1510 Hill street, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know what I mean? Like, no. So it makes sense, but it also doesn't make sense. And photographers do seem to have. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to have problems until they get kind of understanding of, Oh, okay. This is the type of thing. Cause they're not used to doing that. They're Mm -hmm. probably used to doing it. Like, yeah. And you know, and, and I always, you know, I don't, I don't actually uh, communicate a lot with the photographers directly. I have someone on my team that does, but anymore and anymore. Um, but I used to. That used to be one of the jobs because I did everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> almost everything. And then except for the laundry. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> but I, I know I know that there's a there's some apps out there that we've recommended mm-hmm. to photographers, and that's kind of a good hack as well. Mm-hmm. Is you tell them to put that app on their phone. Um, there's a number of them that show the actual parcel lines right. when they're on site. Right. So they can walk the GPS kind of shows you a little dot where you're at in the screen and you can see the parcel lines as you're trying to find the property. That's actually pretty darn cool. Pretty cool technology, really. Yeah. You know, you're on the middle of nowhere in some of these rural areas and it just looks like a big forest. You're like, where's the property you know, line? Uh, <laughs> and a lot of times you'll even see um, in the title reports, it'll be like the property is the that big uh, fallen over tree. Yeah, starting that, at the stump on this. Uh huh. Exactly Smith's, on yeah. Joe Smith's property. Yeah, uh-huh. and then it goes to the stream, and you're like, "There's mm-hmm. no stream because it's dried up," and you know, so it's not it's not that odd uh, to yeah. run into. Okay, so Jack has a question. Odd parcel. Uh, we just got assigned PA back for the parcel in Arkansas, the blue area in the picture. Anyone ever experienced anything like this? Basically, a small sliver of a property, and he owns the road. Uh-huh. What does that even mean to own the road? I can't see this actually being worth anything. Hence why he sent the a PA back, but figured <laughs> I'd check to see if I'm missing anything. I'm looking at this right now and I'm not even understanding what's going on here. So it's like he owns a road and then he owns like a stick, like a piece of land that's like really thin. And then another piece that comes through here. Yeah. So it, maybe he actually owns two, ro- like maybe that was supposed to be a road. Are you looking for funding for your land flipping deal? Then head on over to partnerwithpete.com. It's an innovative new funding program where we split the profits with you 50-50, but we take it one step further and we handle every other step of the process in the land flipping business. Yes, that means we handle all the due diligence. If the property needs any value add like clearing brush, perk test, survey, we'll get that paid for up front. Then when the property resells, 
We split the profits 50-50. There is absolutely no downside for you as an investor. If we lose money, we don't pass that on to you. But when we make money, when we make profit, we split the proceeds 50-50. So as a recap, we handle every part of the process. We split the profits with you 50-50. There's no downside for you as the investor, only upside. So go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and we'll get it checked out within 24 hours. I thought this is great because this is this is sometimes what you get sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you look up and it's heartbreaking. You, know? <laughs> you get one of these signed purchase agreements like, back yes. in the mail and you're so excited. You look it up and then it takes a few seconds for the map to pull up and, and the map pulls like, up and you see this. What the? It's like, oh, no. You know, um, it just happens. Right. And sometimes some of this stuff is just these are just junk properties and obviously, you offered a price that was very appealing to this seller. You could have like, offered a oh, dollar and he would have yeah. been like, heck yes, I'm gonna I didn't want this. <laughs> you know what I think happens in these instances? Uh-huh. I think that they, this person or somebody, a descendant, owned this big piece of land. And then they sold it off. And when then they were doing the title stuff, they missed it. You yeah, know I mean, maybe. like they sold here, here. And maybe at some point he or she owned this one here. And they said, well, I want to maintain control of these roads. So I get to keep the roads. Mm, yeah. The roads are mine. And so that I always have access to my property. And then someone came and sold that. And then yeah. no one thought to add this to it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, it's, it's just funny because it's a, it's a reality of the business that sometimes someone you'll get like, these yes, type of properties. Someone I, wants to buy this. I've, I've had, I've had it happen so many times are so excited for these to look up what this property is. And then it just, it comes back and it's like, nah, nah, nah. I knew that was the sound and that played. Pressing one of these buttons on here. Uh-huh. That we got to figure that out, but it just <laughs> happens and it's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but you got to sift through the crappy ones in order to get to the good ones. Sometimes. Okay. So what about if you own the land? Can you like be like, okay, cool. I'm going to buy the land and then charge everyone. A toll for the road. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess maybe if no. they're using that as a road. But I, the problem is that they have like prescriptive right or whatever. They have rights to it because they've uh-huh. been using it. They'd fight you on it. So really, yeah. there's because I mean, you want to look at it and say there's got to be something. But yeah. it was either an accident that they ended up with it. It was on purpose for a different piece. Of land, or maybe they still own a piece of land somewhere. Right. My biggest advice is, and I've gone down this rabbit hole before, you look at the property and it's weird, you know, either something like this, or I've talked about one before where I've got it and it's like underwater parcels. And then, you know, like basic, like underwater, actually, like there's parcels like off the shoreline in the water. Like it's so, just a square in so the middle maybe, of the lake. Maybe, yeah. Not in the middle, but like off the, just off the shore into the water. Oh, I remember and, one that was in the middle. Well, okay, yeah, there probably was. And, you know, I went down this rabbit hole and started researching. I'm like, what can I do with this? And like people talking about oyster farming and all this stuff. And then had to come back to reality and think, you know, you're trying to make this. Yeah. We're not going to be oyster farmers. Even if we get this super cheap. I mean, like you're better off just, just moving on, just saying, Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't realize, you know, when I sent this thing out, it wasn't, you know, that it was this weird shape. So, uh and I can't move forward. And they're going to say, yes, I know it's a weird shape. And, you know, they're not going to be mad or they know what they've got. And, you know, they were just hoping that they just caught someone who didn't just know. some some rich mm-hmm. land baron land investor that's just buying up everything mm-hmm. in the area. And, you know, you know, we've talked about it a million times before, though. And I've, I've said that to him, like, are, are you trying to make this into like, mm-hmm. yeah, are you trying to, uh, force to manufacture a or force a deal? Yeah, it doesn't exist because mm-hmm. it's like because it's the scarcity mindset of like, I have got this offer. Somebody agreed to this. I mean, I can solve it, but you know, I've got this deal. There's value in just somebody accepted my offer. And it's like, no, there's not. Uh-huh. You can't create value. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, we're not going to be oyster farmers. Right. Yeah. And, and I know some investors are of the mindset. They, you know, I hear them say like, 
I never go to deal go. I always offer something on a piece of land. But like, what are you going to do with that? Like on that property, say you offered them a thousand dollars or five hundred bucks. Like, what are you going to do with it? You're going to have to pay property taxes on it. What are you going right. to do? And then you have the liability because you own roads. What mm-hmm. is the liability there? If someone gets hurt, do you need to maintain an insurance policy for this set road? I mm-hmm. don't know. When people say that to me, I'm thinking of the ones who are like, it's kind of a side of the hill. Maybe someone would use it for something. I don't know where it's got maybe some sort of value, but it's super, it would be hard to sell or whatever. And yeah, maybe in that sense, 500 bucks, $100, something. <laughs> sure, maybe that would make sense. Maybe you'd find somebody who would buy it for $1,000, but that's just not us. We're not going to be listing penny And believe me, believe me, you're gonna list. I don't even know how how many acres this property was, but say you list something online, you're like three acre property for thousand dollars. You're gonna get a hundred phone calls. It's gonna it's gonna be like your life for like Mm -hmm. weeks to try to get this sold because people are gonna be interested. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna you know all this stuff. And then they're gonna be like, and then they back out. They're like, oh, I didn't realize it was this. You know, this works. um, Weird angles that are still buildable. Small crazy stuff like that works in New York City. Mm-hmm. It works in big cities where there's such a premium for like they yeah. need any single thing. Sure, that might work, but not where there's copious amounts of land that the, yeah. the average parcel's 10 acres. No, you're you're weird ass like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not don't do it. Just don't do it. I said just a bad don't word. do it. Don't waste your time. You're going to make a lot more mm-hmm. money just focusing on deals that actually have real potential and are real deals. And you're going to do better at stopping yourself quicker because now you look at that and you're like, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not trying to you, you release it just makes that. Me ch- actually, it just makes me chuckle now because it makes me think of like other ones that I've gotten in the past. And, you know, maybe we should start some sort of uh, contest to see who can enter community. I, I'm going to do that. Who can show the sign purchase agreement for the weirdest parcel? This one certainly might qualify, but... Maybe we'll have some sort of thing going on where we could do that. That'd be yeah, fun. that would be. And maybe I'll send a, a weird gift to the weirdest. I'm not dedicating myself to that because, or, or agreeing 100% because I need to think <laughs> of a weird gift to send you. But to the weirdest. Uh, I can think of some parcel. weird gifts. I could think of some yeah, weird Yeah, so that's why I'm going to be the one choosing. I don't want to see your, your level of weird. Um, actually, I think I'm weirder than you are. Do you ever go to Spencer's Gifts? Oh, God, yeah. That was like the 90s. But that sort of made me uncomfortable because mm-hmm. that stuff was like next level weird. Oh, I just always when I was a kid, and maybe this is not fit for the podcast. But anyhow, I thought this is the funniest thing. They like had the this. Poop? They had the, yeah. <laughs> they had this in there for years. Uh-huh. And I would go. I would make my parents take me into uh, take me to the mall so I could go and see. I thought it was so funny. They had this little gift box in there. It looked like a, a present that someone wrapped, but it was actually just a little box you take off the lid. And it says it had a tag on it. it said. I'm sorry, I didn't have any money to buy you a nice gift, so I made something for you instead. You open it up, it's like it looked like it looked like poop. Okay, so I can I actually bought that. <laughs> you did? Yes, and I had a French tutor who was amazing. Like she was just she was hilarious. Like she uh-huh. was a just a really funny person. And um I just really liked her, but um and I had a dog that my dog at the time buddy was not a dog. He was like human. You know what I mean? He was very like, I don't know, foo-foo, you know what I mean? Well, so she was there and she was, you know, doing the tutoring or whatever and I slipped it in her purse, but I kind of had Oh, it the hanging. rubber ones. Yeah, yes. so it was kind of hanging a little out. And um and she I, I she goes to grab her stuff and she was like, "Oh my god, like like lost her mind." And poor buddy's sitting over there like cuz she's like what in he's the getting world? blamed for this. Yes, and he's like, "What in the?" Because like this dog was like, he wouldn't has never never had an accident, nothing, and it was a big dog, and she's losing her mind in French. 
like just, oh, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then she realized, I guess, that it didn't smell. Yeah. And so she picked it up. So now that she went and bought one and she put it in, like she'd put it in my car. So I'd get in, so like I stepped on it. Anyways, Good times. Good I know. Times, maybe that's well. what we do. Spencer's we can try to gifts. find some poop and send it to you. <laughs> Anyways, this just uh, went Yeah, bad. this went so down So where can everyone quick. find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Reese Peter. Also YouTube. We're putting in a lot of effort into our YouTube channel at Turning Profit. And uh, also, let's see where else. I'm going to start putting some effort into X, Twitter, as it used to be known. And then also, let's see, what else can I, where else can you find? Oh, turningprofit.com. And, but last but not least, it's Land Conquest. Right, that's Land where you hang out. Com. Yeah, that's where I'm hanging out. Sounds good. I'm It's a Lovely Life everywhere. Okay. Except for Twitter X. Okay. I think I'm like, it is a lovely life, but I don't hang out there. So, okay. It, it was, was great uh, it was filming this humorous, episode again yeah. <laughs> with you, Heather. Uh, until next time. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Ready to start turning profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.